One day each of us will close our eyes for the final time. Our hearts will slowly cease to beat and our last breath will whisper through silent lips as we leave this existence behind. Yet is this truly the end? Do we simply cease to be as the last spark races from our brains along cooling neurons to its final destination in oblivion? Or does the part of us that is uniquely our own continue beyond the grave? Is there existence beyond the temporal? And if so, what mysteries might that existence hold? There are those who would have us believe that our lives end with our final tomorrow, that the physical world is both our beginning and ultimate end. There are also those who reject this explanation, instead contending that the physical world is simply one aspect of an existence which may stretch on through eternity. For now, we are left to wonder if the strange apparitions are a product of our feverish minds, or if ghosts do haunt the fringes of the material world. The ultimate truth may lie somewhere between, unknown to us until we each pass beyond that veil. And between our searching eyes and that veil lies a path that leads us to the shadows of legend. Hello, this is Charles Romans, your host for Shadows of Legend. And today we're speaking with Cynthia Barrett from Albany, Georgia. And she has some experiences to share with us about her brushes with the paranormal. Ms. Barrett, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. So I I guess, and I I say this every time because, I mean, the beginning is, of course, the best place to start. So when was your first brush with what most people would consider paranormal? Uh, When I was four years old. That's a very young exposure to this. And and how did that happen? Well, we were moving to a new house. My dad cruised timber and was a put water. Okay. And he was... The house was available from his employer. So we went to check it out. And I remember when I got out of the truck, the house didn't feel right, even at me being four years old. I didn't like the way the windows were. The windows were so low that all you had to do was raise the the window, kick out the screen, and you're on the ground. It, it just gave off bad vibes to me at that early age. I didn't like it. Well, you know, and, it's been said that uh, children have much more sensitivity to the paranormal than adults yes. do. So yes. it's, it's not really surprising. But, but no. go ahead, continue. Well, the house, as soon as we moved in, it wasn't but just maybe a day or two when things started happening. I remember my younger sister, she was two years old at the time, and my mom would put her down for a nap and she would wake up screaming. A clown was looking at her through the window. And of course, mama would run through there and, and check there'd never be anything there. But this was every day when that child took her nap, she would wake up screaming about the clown. If you don't care, let me interrupt you there just a second. Now, now this house mm-hmm. Was it sitting in amongst an, a bunch of houses or was it set out to itself? No, that was a quarter of a mile. We lived on a dirt lane, and it was a quarter of a mile from the main dirt road. We were kind of in a clearing. There were pine trees and hardwood trees all around us. So, and um, yes. I, was, I was telling my nephew, we didn't even have grass in the yard. We What we had in the yard was white sand that that 
like at the Gulf of Mexico, that kind of white sand. We didn't even have grass in the yard. But it, it was it was a spooky, spooky environment with nothing but woods surrounding the little area that you lived in. Which would add to your mother's apprehension when somebody's saying there's there's anything there that wasn't supposed to be there. Because if you're out in the middle of nowhere, and I'm assuming at this time, your mother's staying at home taking care of the kids, and, and, and the father, yes. your father's at work, yes. correct? That's right. Which would even right. add more to her apprehension. Yeah, it was. It, it, she talked about it as when she got older. Mm-hmm. She would say things that that let me know that she knew things were going on. She w- never would elaborate on it, but she was always glad that we got out of that house. It had three bedrooms, a living room, and a, a kitchen. That it was an eating kitchen. So it was a small house. We didn't have plumbing. We used an outhouse. Mm-hmm. And um, at um, night, yes, we were not allowed outside. We were not even allowed to go on the porch at night. When it got dark, you had to gotten all your chores done before dark. You did not go outside at night. You know, to some of our younger listeners, that might actually be surprising to them, but it's not really been that long. I remember I'm a... No. I, I'm almost 59 years old, and when we moved back to Kentucky, for instance, the house that my grandmother lived in was built without plumbing. It had an outhouse. Yeah, but, it, it had a well where right, you drew water. Right. That's how ours was. We had no plumbing. We got water from the well, so, and you had to get more water before dark so Mama could start the next day Yes, with breakfast and whatever else, so... We had we had a list of chores that we had to get done before dark because once it got dark, you did not go anywhere. You stayed locked up in that house with the windows closed. Yeah. And in the summertime, it was very nice. I share a story uh, but, of my own that uh, where we lived in a house that uh, had plumbing that was you know, would freeze in the wintertime. But the house yeah. had a, a, a still a working well. So if in the middle right. of the night you needed water, you would go out with this... Uh, Basically, it was on a chain and essentially a bucket. Lower it down into the well and draw it back up. And if it was 2 o'clock in the morning and you needed water, that's what you did. That's what you've got, yes. But but please continue. Go ahead. Well, the... um My brother, I've got got two brothers. The oldest one is deceased now. But I've got one that's four years older than me. And then, of course, my sister is two years younger than me. And on Saturday mornings, my brother... How we love to get up and watch Roy Rogers and and all the westerns, but we had strict orders from mom and daddy that if they were not up drinking coffee, then we were not to go and cut the titty on. Well, we would he would come to my bedroom and we'd sit there and we'd be really quiet and we'd listen, and you could hear a woman's voice and a man's voice. You couldn't understand what they were saying. But you could make out the differences. So a lot of times we would think mom and daddy were up and we'd get up and there'd be nobody in there. It would still be dark. And we got to the point to where we would peep in their bedroom to see if they were up because the voices led you astray. You're thinking, okay, mom and daddy are up. We can go watch TV. And you couldn't. But I think the scaredest. I have ever been in my entire life. At one point, Mama needed more room. So Daddy had a den 
built down to the house. Okay. A door from the living room opened up to the den, and then a door from my bedroom opened up into the den. In the wintertime, it was, those doors were cut closed because we didn't have any heat. The only heat we had was a little um, heater that was fixed in the um, fireplace. Right. There was no ductwork so, or anything like no, remotely no, like no. Uh, forced air heating, I guess you could call it. No. We, we, I mean, it was primitive, but, you know, I would love to go back there now, you well, know. Sometimes less is just easier, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was easier. And that particular night, it was wintertime. The doors were shut. And I was probably nine years old at that time. And I heard something call my name. I sat up in bed and I looked toward the den and that door was open. There sitting on the sofa was a male figure holding his head in his lap with a candle between his feet. And he was saying my name. Now that is is truly bizarre. So we're we're talking about essentially a decapitated man. A decapitated man. Calling your name. Calling my name. I scream, bloody murder. Mama gets up, cuts the lights on. Of course, the den doors are shut. And she's saying, it was a dream, Cynthia. You had a bad dream. And I'm telling her, no, I was awake, Mama. I'm awake now. I saw it. Bad dream. Well, she finally settled me down enough to where I laid back down. She went on back to her bedroom, cut the light out, and I got my back turned to the den door. And as soon as it got quiet again, my name, Cynthia, Cynthia. And, Lord, I couldn't help but look. Well, no, I mean, of course not. <laughs> I couldn't help but look. I turned around. There he was on the sofa, his head in his lap with that candle burning at his feet. But this time the hat, the head was laughing at me. Which I we- didn't scream anymore. I didn't holler. I just kind of covered my head up and turned over. And all through the night, he was calling my name and laughing. See, that would be terrifying for an adult. I can only imagine what it would be for a nine-year-old child. It, it, was, it was one of the scariest things I had ever gone through in my life. The home that I live in now, I have got three spirits in it, which they are kind and sweet. They do not bother anybody. If they want you to see them, they will show themselves. If they want you to hear them, they'll let you know that they're around. This house was menacing. It was it was bad. It See, was I, really bad. I was going to ask you about that because a lot of times people will have an encounter that that looks terrifying, but isn't really uh, personally threatening. So uh, obviously, the the decapitated man calling your name would seem threatening. But were, was there any escalation to this? In other words, did no, did the chair no move escalation. closer or anything like that? No, and it was like. All he wanted to do was scare me, and he succeeded. He we, never, and I never saw him again. Well, that was are, the only time I saw him. There are some people that believe that these uh, negative spirits simply do this because they feed off of fear, and, right? And everything for a child is in capital letters. They're they're phenomenally happy, or they're horribly depressed, and and right. fear is no exception. So that's uh, right. Uh, and I was going to ask you again if that had repeated itself, but you, you clarified that on your own there, that this was a one-time he, I thing. I never saw him again. But now, there the was house one- being menacing, 
if you wouldn't care to elaborate on that, what were some other instances that uh, where you'd seen something where that you thought was physically or you know, personally threatening? We would see lights coming up toward the house. Yes. At night, and there would not be. A, it wouldn't be a car. It would just be two lights that kind of rambled around. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? I mean, they they moved. They're not like orbs. They were big. They were lights. Well, now, were they spaced like, you know, like a headlight would be, you know, next to each other? Or were they just... With, they would, I'm they sorry. would separate. They start, it would start like you would think it was a car, and then it would stop, and then the lights would move around. That happened, oh, at least once or twice a week, at least. Now, did these lights ever reach the house? No, never reached the house. They got to that one point, and it was always at the same spot, and... Never got closer. It makes a person then you almost would wonder that uh, maybe it's it's like a haunting where uh, uh, someone in the past had been walking up that path carrying a lantern, right? Or a couple of people, right? And and at night, if uh, Daddy was out of town working, the uh, door to the kitchen, which at that one point was the only door that we had in and out of the house, okay, and uh, it would start. The doorknob would start moving and shaking like somebody was trying to break in. And Mama kept a shotgun right there at night. And this happened almost every night. And there'd be nobody there when she would, when it would finally stop. And she would, she was fearless. She would swing that door open and kick open that screen like she was Calamity Jane with that <laughs> shotgun on her. Throat. And there would be nobody there. There would be nothing there. Well, you know, and then possibly. she would lock it. Up. No, go ahead. I'm and sorry. it would do it. It, it, it that was constant. That was almost every night. I, I was going to say that she possibly was would have been fearless on her own, but now you you don't really come in to want to come into a house, threaten somebody's babies. That that that's right. especially someone that owns a shotgun. So uh, that's right. You don't sit with that woman. That woman could shoot a rattlesnake head off a, a long distance away. She was one tough cookie. Well, she was raised up in plantation. Well, you had and, to be. So yeah, you know, she was tough. So, uh, there was one night. Yes, she was. She was in the hospital, and my sister and I would take turns sleeping with Daddy. He had a bigger, better bed. Yeah, and we had come from visiting her, and it was my turn to sleep with Daddy. And I go in his bedroom, and before I could cut the light on, I am seeing these two huge eyes looking at me from the window outside. And I was just kind of mesmerized, and they just kept staring at me, and I couldn't move. And then a few minutes later, my sister came in and said, why are you standing here in the dark? She cut the light on. And I ran to the den, because it was in summertime, to see if maybe there was a cat. But no, the eyes were huge. They were probably as big as a saucer, and they had me to where I could not move. Well, you know, they they do say that a predator has a way of... uh... The, the old-timers used to call it charming their prey. They would mesmerize right. them with their eyes. Well, I, I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And I often wondered what would have happened if Kathy had not come in at the time that she did and cut that light on. No. Because I, I, was, I couldn't move. Uh, I was stuck there stepping. Other than the size, do you re- remember anything special about these eyes? I mean, certain shapes. They were colors. yellow. Yeah. They, they were yellow. I remember them being yellow. And of course, you I said large, them. like kind of like a was it a saucer? You that said? Was 
Yeah, they were huge and huge. Now, is it possible that this I, could have been a wild animal? Is that possible? Uh, well, as soon as she broke the spell, I ran in to look out the den window at where their bedroom was, and there was nothing there. There wasn't even a tree there that uh, animal could climb up there to get that close to the window. I'm I'm assuming that in a small house like that, you got to the other room to look out fairly quickly. Very fast. Very fast. And Kathy wants to know, what are you doing? And I said, there was something looking at me through that window. And she said, oh, no. But it was. So she came in and didn't see it. Didn't see it. And then she turned the light on. And then, of course, they disappeared for you. You didn't see it at that point. And I was able to move. I mean, I couldn't move. It was like I was paralyzed. I couldn't move a finger. I was hooked on those eyes. It was the eyes. Well, then I guess it's fortunate for everyone concerned that your sister came in when she did. It, definitely, because I've wondered before if she hadn't come in, what would have happened to me? What would I have done? You know, I don't know. But the last thing that was pretty bad, uh, yes, it was about two weeks before we moved to our new house. And my oldest brother was home from college, and he had this fantastic comic book selection. Yes. And every now and then, he'd get real sweet, and he'd let you come in his room and read the comic books. So it was it was him, my other brother, Hal, mm-hmm. um, my sister, myself, and two of our friends. So we were all sitting on the floor and on the beds, and we're going through the comic books, and we keep hearing something scratching on the window screen. Well, like those windows were so low, we had cats. We, you know, we figured it was a cat. We wasn't looking up at it or anything, yes. but it was persistent. It kept scratching and kept scratching. And it's like we all looked up at the same time. They are pressed against that screen. I thought it was a witch. It was green. And they had those long, talon like fingernails scratching on it. Now, my oldest brother had never been affected by anything in that house. Okay. Well, that scared him. He up, he gets daddy, and they get the guns, and they go walk around the house, and of course, there's nothing there. But my sister screamed, the clown, the clown. That's what she had been seeing. That's what had been waking her up from her naps, was that horrible-looking thing we saw. See, now that, that is truly terrifying. It was. Now, it you, was your sister. Has she she been able to move on from this? Has this had that long range? Uh, well, effects, the, the funny thing is, she built a house that has very few windows in it. She's only got windows in where she needs them. Her bedrooms do not have windows. Well, you know, I have a friend who will refuses for for similar reasons refuses to look out of a window after dark. All the shades have to be drawn by the time it gets dark. Yeah. So yep. there is a precedent I, for that, and and she shares that uh, with a lot of different people. Yeah, yep. Uh, the house that we moved to, we always kept the blinds and all pulled at night because there again, it's built way out in the country. It's thirteen miles mm-hmm. for from anybody from any little town, Cuthbert, Lumpkin, and Georgetown, and coyotes are always out there in the yards, and they're kind of spooky. <laughs> Well, they, 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 they can be. Um, it, yeah. It's funny. I tell my friends who live in the city, I live in the country, and uh, when I walk outside at night, you can hear coyotes, and they talk to each other yeah. from all around the hills, and it, it is kind of creepy. It's like walking out into a horror movie. It is. But when we moved, 
to that house two weeks after that last episode, and um, the house burned down. There wasn't any electricity. The only thing I could think of was maybe lightning hit it. That's a possibility. You had mentioned earlier about turning lights on stuff like that, so I'm assuming the house was wired for electric. It just It had been shut yeah, off. Yeah, it was wired. No plumbing. Yeah, we had shut it off when we moved. Again, we shut it off. reference to our younger listeners, a lot of people don't realize that, especially in a lot of the rural areas, electricity came before indoor plumbing, and, and we yes. it was quite a bit behind the major city. Yes, so quite a bit behind. I remember myself growing up, we had uh, well water, most of the houses we lived in, and if the pump went bad, you had to get in the middle of the night and work on it. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because the reference with you when you have, you're on a, a water system, then it's like, oh, I got city water. Now I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. But but a lot Nothing of younger like people don't realize that those things weren't givens at the time. No. I mean, we didn't have a telephone. You know, when we were so far out that if anything could have happened, you know, we had daddy's truck and he was in his truck. You know, we were at the mercy of the Lord. Right. And and when you're isolated like that, uh, yes. uh, people don't realize even when uh, there was available telephone service. I still remember the old party line. Sometimes you'd pick right. up the telephone to make a phone call. And you just couldn't get through you. You couldn't do anything with it. So if there was an emergency, well, you were kind of on your own or, as you said, at the mercy of the Lord. Yeah. I know when we did finally get a phone at the new house, we were on a party line and you hardly ever got to use it because of the old women that like to talk and <laughs> gossip. But, you know, I have found out one thing. Yes. In my 69 years of life, mm-hmm. and especially since all of this, people don't believe you. And they look at you like you're crazy. Well, I mean, I have my own theory about that. But why do you think people don't believe in things like that? Well, I taught kindergarten. Okay. I retired four years. And sometimes I would be pulled from my kindergarten class to go sit with fourth or fifth graders. Okay. And the way I would get them to do their work, you do the work that the teachers left for you, and then I will tell you scary stories. Ah, and they love that. Mm-hmm. We cut the light out, and I would tell them every story I could think of. And they loved it. And one day the teacher came in, and I was finishing up with one, and she said, What are y'all doing? I said, well, we got the work done, and I was telling them scary stories. Well, Miss Mary, do you think that's appropriate? <laughs> and I said, well, I don't see anything wrong with it. The kids like it. I like it. Well, but they're... then, and yes, they don't believe you. Like when my husband died, and I got back home from Tampa that night, he was one that he walked by and he'd run his hand down your leg. Yeah, and laid in the bed and. He ran his hand down my leg, and I know it was him. And I said something to one of the teachers when I started back to school, and she said, Miss Harry, you just act crazy. You believe in that kind of stuff? That's just something I can't believe in. So, you know, I'm careful now about who I tell my stories to. Well, I think that uh, a lot of cases people don't believe simply because they're afraid to believe. Because if you acknowledge 
you acknowledge the possibility of something, and then you, you have to be afraid of it or at least concerned about it. So I think it's yeah. easier for a lot of people to just dismiss everything out of hand and say, no, you're crazy. That never happened. You dreamed that or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, that house was my first experience at a young age, and I'm I'm sensitive. I've got two daughters who are sensitive. One of them can even tell you the name of the spirit that she's around. I see. The youngest one, oh, boy, she can really get into it. And they like to, when she comes over here, the spirits that I have in this house like to pick at her. Okay. They will hide her stuff. They they will slam a door in her face, and she'll get angry. And I said, no, nah, they're just playing with you because you let them play with you. I said, all you got to do is say, hey, leave me alone, put my keys back, and they'll do it. So it's more mischievous than malicious in this more, particular yeah, case. Condition. Yeah, they're, they're, real, they're, they're real calm here. My nephew has heard them. Um, my husband always wore cowboy boots, okay. and he would clunk through the house, and he's heard the cowboy boots. My mother was a bell ringer, and every now and then you hear her ringing her little bell, and I know that's my mom. And then we have a little girl who was killed in the early 1950s in front of the house on Christmas Day. That's tragic. Her name's Pamela. It was very tragic. She's real active. If the kids are here, uh, of course, all my kids, my youngest grandson is soon to be four. The, um, she would visit my then two-year-old daughter when we moved in this house. And Lena would get up talking about the little angel girl that talked to her all night. And Lena was the one that put the name to her. Her name is Pamela. And what is so funny, Lena does not remember any of that now. Well, you know, I had a uh, psychic medium say once that uh, all children are born psychic, but we grow yeah. out of it. So perhaps the reason she didn't remember is because she just sort of lost the gift. Yeah. But those other two, they got it. Oh, boy, do they have it. Now, uh, that does remind me of something, backing up to the story about the, the first house you mentioned. You, yeah. you mentioned you and your sister both seeing this regularly, but you only mentioned the one time that your brothers saw this. Is, is that really the only time they experienced it? I think so. Uh, other than one night, Hal woke up hollering that there was a skeleton dancing in their bedroom. And he thought it was my older brother, Mickey, who had put on some kind of costume. Of course, we didn't have costumes like that. Yeah. But he, he that he swore about that that there was a skeleton dancing in his room, and um. Well, one of the reasons I asked that question is because it seems that uh, there's uh, more of a chance, uh, more stories told at least of of women being more sensitive to this than, than men. Yeah, yeah, yep. I think so. so. I definitely think so. So now, See, and we're American. We're Creek Indian. Yes. Um. We're very spiritual, and sometimes sometimes I think that had something to do with me being able to being able to to witness what I've witnessed. Well, that's a distinct possibility because if you're sensitive to something, you're you're more likely to interact with it. But if you're actively yeah. ignoring something or if you're not sensitive to it, then you could pass right by it and never notice there. Right. But Mickey never had any kind of an experience. If Daddy did, he never talked about it. And as I told you earlier, my mother would mention things as she got older about the house and, and how glad she was that, that we finally got out of it. 
Would you mind to share a few of the things that she'd mentioned about the house? Yeah, she talked about um, when she would, like, go outside to hang the clothes out, yes. mm-hmm. it would see shadows, like they were moving through the trees. She yes. could see a shadow that moved through the trees. She heard um, noises that weren't birds, but it was on that level, like a whistling type, but it wasn't a bird whistle. I see. We know there and, uh, have been experts say that... Uh, Creatures like Sasquatch, for instance, makes the whistling, hooting noises to communicate with one another. Well, that's that's how she, you know she said it was a whistle, like a bird, but it wasn't a bird whistle. Mm-hmm. And but she would see the shadows, and of course she called me out there, or Kathy, help her get them hung up quick so we could go yeah. in. She didn't like being outside mm-hmm. at all. Well, see now that's uh, that, that's unique in itself because most people who live in the country enjoy being outside under the trees and yeah. And, and uh, yeah. interacting with nature and things of that type. But from it, it oh, sounds would to also me, be- when you were describing this with the yard that was basically sand, and yeah. it sounds like it almost the house itself had been cut out of there trying to separate itself from the forest. Right. It was just it was just a, a menacing, I call it evil. It was an evil house. And there would be knockings, too. You would hear knockings on the walls, three knocks. Mm-hmm. Three knocks. And that happened probably three or four times a week. I mean, there was no real peace there. You got your peace when you were able to leave. Well, now, uh, if, if I'm uh, if I'm correct here, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you moved in when you were around four, and you moved out right after you turned nine. Is that correct? Eleven. Eleven. I'm Eleven. Sorry. So that's quite a number of years who have had to tolerate that on a daily basis. How did you manage yeah. to do that? Daddy got a job with another man. Mm-hmm. Um, my granddaddy died and left daddy his land so he could build a house. I see. And so they built a house. So, I mean, That's I'm, how we were able. And I'm glad you were able to get out of that bad situation. So was I, 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 I was just, what just has been such a mystery to me is why did it burn down? Did the spirits that were there burn it down so nobody else could go in it? Was it? They wanted that land and all that the house was on. You know, I can't figure that part out. Well, I mean, you never know. Uh, the house was, you weren't the first occupants of the house, correct? I wouldn't think so, no, because it had been built for somebody. And possibly someone else had burned it down. It was a bad experience there. Didn't want anyone else dealing with it. Yeah, that's possible. I know I wanted to take my children and grandchildren down to the to where it was. Yes. But I can't bring myself to go down that road. Well, I mean, Not that quarter of a mile where the house was. I just can't make myself go. That uh, type of trauma is difficult to overcome. Yeah. So the situation you're in now, though, you're still dealing with spirits, but these are different spirits. And like you said, these it's are much different. more benevolent. Yes. The little girl gets active at Christmas time and at Easter. If you take a picture, you're going to see... Something in it, and I always said that was Pamela. Yes. And then my, my husband, when the grandchildren come and stay any time with me, and we're having dinner or lunch or something, the light fixture over the table will swing back and forth. And I said, oh, there's your pa. And then they'll say, hey, pa, we love you. We miss you. And in a few minutes, it stops. But that's how he lets them know that, that he's there with them. But um, I've never had anything bad 
in this house. Of course, my daughter that can call the name of a spirit. Yes. She doesn't like my hallway or my bedroom. <laughs> she refuses. She refuses. If she's got to go to the bathroom, somebody's got to walk with her to the through the hallway. Has she ever said she's why? Yeah, she's seen a witch. She said the witch was floating in the hallway, laughing at her, looking at her. So it's interesting and, that uh, you experienced a witch in the other home as a child. Right. And she's experiencing one experienced one here. But I've never never went through that. My oldest daughter, um, she won't even come here to to stay long. And if, if I'm gone if I've gone out of town, um, she does not want to come in the house at all. And I, I don't feel that way. I, I, I had a local ghost hunters group, though, in Leesburg. Yes. And they came right after I had died because I kept feeling Ben a lot. And they found Ben. They found Pamela. And they found an old man that's in one of the bedrooms that smokes a cigar. You can smell his cigar every now and then. And there is a white dog that on occasion, when you open the bathroom door, it will dart out and you'll get a glimpse of the white dog but um i've never had a bad experience here and then the youngest one i came home from work one day and yes. it was winter and she's been out here on the porch and she's got a six-month-old baby in her lap and i said what are you doing out here in the cold well the spirits had slammed the door in front of her face and asked her was she scared yet uh. and so she just tried to wait for me now, do you think that they are more susceptible to being afraid than you are? Uh, yeah, I think so. And is it possible After that, that the spirits don't try to make you afraid because they don't figure they can? I don't think they can because after that first house I lived in, I, these, these spirits here are nothing, nothing. Now, I, I will tell you this. Yes. My daughter, she is a naturalist. Um, she's an herbist. Yes. But she does did have witchcraft books. I see. And they were in her closet in her bedroom. And after she moved, there would be a lot of knocking going on in that bedroom. Knock, 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 knock. And this was daily. Sometimes it would sound like something had fallen. And I'd go in there and there wouldn't be anything there. And so it was about a year ago. She asked me, would I bring her her witchcraft books? And I said, yes. I got those books up. Took them to her, and the knocking went away. Well, I guess they were wanting to be reunited with her. Possibly. Now, she doesn't do spells. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do anything like that. But several of the books have got different plants and teas that you can make with the plant for colds and arthritis and things like that. Yes. She doesn't do any kind of spell because she said the spells come back on you. You don't. She don't do any kind of black magic. But, um, yeah, I, I just live in a, it's a chaotic place, but I wouldn't have it any other way. The Ghostbusters, they were wanting to, um, send them to the light. And I told them, I, I said, no, I love them. It's my husband. Yeah. It's, it's my mother. I, I don't want them to go. And so they didn't, they said, a, did say a prayer, but they didn't send them on because they're still real active. Well, that's, uh. It's good that you can find comfort from the spirit realm. Yeah. And as far as moving a spirit into the light, there's quite a bit of difference between helping them and forcing them to do anything. Right. And this little Pamela has been here 
see, she was five years old, and that was in the early 50s when this house was first built. Long time. Early 50s, long time. And, and we were not the only ones who have seen her. My brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and some of the girls' friends that would walk to school by the house, they'd want to know who was that little blonde-headed girl on the porch. Is that your cousin? And Jesse had said, no, that's Pamela. That's our little ghost girl. Because she made herself known to a lot of people. It wasn't just us. Well, I mean, if, if a spirit, for instance, is, is the soul of a deceased human, then humans crave companionship. It would make sense that the spirit would still want to have companionship. Right. Interact. Yeah. Interact. So that they do. Are there any other experiences that you'd like to share with us? Well, I, I, we had a cat yes. named Crystal. Mm-hmm. And she would stretch up on the wall in Jesse's bedroom and act like somebody was rubbing her. She'd get that curve in her back and she would stay like that for, I don't know, five minutes sometimes. That's and then we had a bulldog. Yeah, you know, it was somebody that loved cats. And I kind of think, you know, this was before my husband died. I kind of think it was Pamela. But she would act like somebody was rubbing her and she would purr. And then we had a plantation bulldog, Diamond. But she would sit in the living room, and all she would do all day long would be follow something on the ceiling. Her hair would go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So the, I always thought that was interesting. Well, I mean, it's a common thread that uh, animals are much more sensitive to spiritual matters yes. than humans are. Oh, yes. Yeah. And my little dog now, I've only got one. He uh, sometimes goes to the hallway, and he'll bark at nothing. You know, I don't see anything. Yes. But he does, and um, but he's not scared. He's not bristled up or anything. He'll just go to the hallway and bark. But yeah, I live in a interesting house and came from a interesting. Now, now the house that we built. Yes, I would see my granddaddy. He, you could see him quite frequently. He would, you'd hear him. Just we had a mulberry tree where he always parked okay. his car, mm-hmm. and. He always was home by 5 o'clock, and at 5 o'clock, you could hear somebody pull up under that mulberry tree, and you'd hear a car door slam, and there would be nobody there. So we always said that was Granddaddy coming home. Uh, You had said before that you didn't share these stories much, but uh, a lot of people will talk about these stories on Paranormal Groove. They've got a Facebook page or whatever. Is there anywhere that someone, if they were inclined to uh, uh, research and check up, could... uh, find more information on your story that you shared? Yeah, they're welcome to do that. Okay, so what would be the best um, way to do that? I guess if they wanted to check on my house here, they would go to the Darty County. Oh, I, I meant stories that you shared. In other words, it's like uh, if you have a okay. website or there's a particular group you I post don't have online. I'm in, the, I'm in the ghost story group. Uh, what was that again? I'm in the ghost story group. Okay, and that's on Facebook, correct? Facebook, uh-huh, it's on Facebook. So uh, they, yeah. they can uh, read the stories that you share there. Right, right. I've had, that's probably been maybe four or five stories that I've shared. Mm-hmm. And it's, I've had a lot of good comments, what? which is always, but I know that first house, that was, that was, that was the one. That was the one. I don't think anything could scare me any more than that house did. Well, see, it's interesting to me that uh, people will uh, sort of give us one hand and take away from with the other. 
or, or I guess in the reverse of that, because people say, well, I don't believe in anything like that. But then they say, well, let me tell you what happened. I, I've, I've had yeah. people numerous times tell you they don't believe in this and then share That's interaction with the paranormal. It's, it's, like, right. it's almost like they're getting ahead. Like you said before, you, you don't want people thinking that you're crazy. And, and uh, I think that, to me, is just a default by people who don't want to believe. And then right. some people are just mean-spirited. Unfortunately, you can't avoid that. That's part of some people's nature. Right. I was I was reading today, yes. and I commented, this, um, this member, her daughter's really interested in the skinwalkers. Yes. Oh, you stay away from that. Stay away from that. And I told her, stay away from that. That is not good. That's, that's the Native American demon, for a better word, you know? Well, yes. I mean, it, and, it serves the default... Uh, position for that right and, and i've always heard that when if you were to see a skinwalker therefore boarding your death i mean no you I don't know well, <laughs> that yeah, little girl does not involved in that that is some that's things heavy are, are, are counterproductive to pursue we'll exactly say. exactly well is there anything it else was, you'd like to share with us today well, I found out, I found one thing back in 2019. Yes. I still have it. I definitely still have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I posted this story. Um, my grandson, at the time he was 12 years old, when he was undergoing treatment for brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And so after his treatments, he was in Savannah, and his mother would find things for him to do to get his mind off everything. And there was a creek or river that we went to, and... I'd never been to it before, and she was dying for me to go because it was a nice little swimming area. As soon as we got out of the car, I thought, oh, no, this is not a good place. And I was kind of freaked out, and I didn't want to interrupt the boys swimming. So I just sat there, and Jesse said, Mama, what's wrong? And I said, this is not a good place. This is this is bad. And I said, I really want to go home. And she told me the story that there had been a passenger train that had derailed on the trestle. The trestle was still there, so I'm assuming that the train still used it. And all the passengers were killed. They were either burned um, from the fire or they drowned. And I said, oh, well, that's that's what the problem is. Yeah, that would definitely people- leave a horrible impression somewhere. Yeah, so I, you know, I went back with them one more time and... I said, when I say I need to go, you going to, let's go? She said, yes. We were there maybe 30 minutes. And I said, girl, I got to go. It, it was not a good place to be. And, Tragedy. And, you know? and no one else picked up on anything but you? No, me. She, not even her. She told me the story because she had read about it. But it was Oconee or some river. Uh, right there, in, it was on Old River Road in Savannah. Well, and, now, um, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. It It's. It's not a place I want to go back to. Well, if it's that, if it's that unpleasant from a, a spiritual, a psychic standpoint, it would be best to avoid it. Yeah, and but it, she didn't seem to feel anything, which was unusual, because she's she's real strong with it, and she didn't feel anything. But man, they hit me as soon as I got out of the car. <laughs> that hit me hard. <laughs> but it was a bad tragedy, and it's I I want to say the year was like maybe in the nineteen forties. Okay. I might be wrong on that, but um, it was it was a bad tragedy, bad tragedy. Well, those things do have a tendency to leave a, a, a an indelible mark. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, my- 
I have to ask, since you're multiple experiences here, and uh, since you, you've lived in uh, a couple of different haunted houses anyway, uh, do you think possibly it's you that's haunted, that spirits are following you? It could be. It could be. I know my daughter that can tell you the name, she says that something follows her. And I asked the question be, not, uh, not to be flippant or insulting or anything like right. that. Right. That's but, true. It could be that they follow. Yeah. It definitely could be. There are precedents for that. Right. It'd be something as simple as, you know, I know as, as, as a, a living human being, I don't want to talk to someone that can't hear me or refuses to hear me. That That's not a good conversation. Uh, but if I know someone in the next room is is available and and willing, capable to have a conversation. I will walk in the next room. Right. <laughs> now I can. I my grandson who has the cancer. Yes. Praise God, he has going on his fifth year of being cancer free. That's awesome. He also is psychic. We went to a house in Savannah. It was called the Sorrel Weed House. Okay. And hit him real quick. He got nauseated. He got he got a terrible headache, and they were pushing him, and we had to get him out. So they they hit on him as soon as we walked in there. He said he could feel, you know, Savannah's supposed to be buried, uh, built over dead bodies from the slaveries and well, and I mean, uh, it is supposed to be one of the most haunted places in the world. Yeah, and he said he could feel tingling that when he stepped on the cobblestones in that courtyard, he tingled up to his knees and then um i started taking pictures when we went in and there was always an orb that was around him but when we went upstairs he got physically ill and we had to get him out we see that is documented a common reaction to uh, we'll say uh, spiritual energy in in, in a lot right of yeah and his, his three-year-old brother oh he didn't bother him I don't think anything can bother him. Well, I mean, some people are sensitive to things that other people aren't. I mean, it, it's, it's... Yeah, well, he has claimed at the house where they live that he has seen a man with a striped shirt on come up to the back door, and he's adamant about that. He sees him all the time, and I said, well, he might have, you know. But, yeah, my family, my girls are definitely sensitive, other than the oldest one and the second middle one. But, um, and then Nick, Nick definitely... Sensitive. Well, it would be interesting to follow this and see what other things have occurred. So yeah. maybe here yeah. in the future, I can have you back on the podcast again. You can share some some more experience. Well, I have talked to Nick about it, and and you can always tell when he has had some kind of an experience. He's not going to tell you about it, but you'll say, Nick, has anything supernatural happened to you lately? And he'll shrug his shoulders, which is yes. But he won't talk about it yet. But he will. He will. I can I can draw that out of him. He's got a close rapport with me, and, and I usually can draw things out of him that nobody else can. Well, when he's ready to talk about it, I, yeah, I'd be more ready. than willing to talk to him about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he is doing great from his cancer. Oh, that's, that's wonderful and news. He goes in October for – he goes every six months for MRIs. And I praise God every day, 10 times a day, thanking him for healing him of all the cancer cells in his body. Because it's a, <clears throat> we were told it was incurable, yes. that it would come back. And But, you know, God's got it right now. And that's what I'm thankful for. Well, like I said, that's wonderful news. And it is something definitely to be thankful for. It is. 
definitely. Well, Miss Barry, yeah, I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on to the podcast and discuss this with. Us. Well, I hope y'all have enjoyed it. I know oh, I kind of maybe I just I just have so much that that goes around me, you know, things that that I see, things I feel, and I I need to get Scarlett on it. Scarlett's the one that can tell you the names. Yes, I mean she's she's real cool with that. But well, sometimes when when you have so much in in this case, you know, it's spiritual energy. But sometimes, like information, for instance, if you have too much information coming at you at one time, it's like you go into an overload, and it's hard right. to process it all. And, That's true. And in your case, it, it would seem to be a very real way of walking into a crowded room, and everyone in that room wants to talk to you at one time, so you can't really hear too much of what each individual is trying to say. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you're so right. But uh, I would uh, look forward to here in the future, if if anything else occurs to you that you'd like to talk about, oh, definitely reach out. And definitely. We'll bring you back on the podcast and talk about some more stuff. Okay, that sounds good to me, and I have enjoyed it. I have, And too, I feel yeah. real that, that y'all wanted me on. Well, I, I definitely I sounded like you had an interesting story, and I was really wanting to get your reaction to those, those terrifying things that yeah. happened to you. It was. That was a very scary, scary house. And I'm, I'm house. glad that you survived it and moved forward. Yeah. But I would love to take the girls down there to see where it was, but I can't make myself go that quarter of a mile. I can't do it. Well, probably the I best thing go- is uh, the memories that you can tell them. If the house is no longer there, they won't really have the same effect yeah. either. Anyway, and, and probably yeah. in that case, the only effect it would have is a, a negative effect on you so well yep. for the moment then thank you again and you have a wonderful day you too and i have enjoyed telling you my story and we've enjoyed hearing it and hopefully we'll hear from you again soon okay thank you thank you This is Charles Romans, and on behalf of myself and our guests, thank you for joining us on this walk through the shadows of legend. If you like what you heard, please follow us and visit our website at shadowsoflegend.com and support our Patreon page to help keep the content flowing. And if you would like to be a guest and share your own brush with a stranger paranormal, don't hesitate to email us and include a contact number. The strange and surreal, the normal and the paranormal are all aspects of the world in which we live. As you reflect upon the stories we have shared, keep in mind that the people sharing these stories are actual, real people just like us. Were the stories shared compelling enough to be given credibility, or should they be relegated to the deeper part of the shadows? But when determining this, it might be a good idea to keep an open mind, because when we look around, we might discover that our own world is less brightly lit than we once thought. Until next time, I'll be waiting for you in the shadows of legend.